Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an exciting and exciting episode of Ball Watching. We have got myself, Jake, and Justin here um, to break all things U.S. England down for you today. We are really, really close to that game. We're recording this on Wednesday. We'll be dropping this on a Wednesday, and we are just two days away almost 48 hours right on the spot away from matching up against England, the biggest game of these players' lives. And we'll talk a lot more about it and break that down in a couple of segments here. But, Justin, this World Cup has been freaking crazy so far. There have been some insane results that no one saw coming. These past two days especially, Jake. Talk I know. About it. I mean, what were your thoughts on the Argentina game? Shocking. I mean, that was that, that was their let's just get the three points and move on game that wasn't the game that was supposed to be the challenge for them it shocked me but it also makes us look a little bit better because remember i'm freaking around i mean we were kind of part of that too freaking about with the saudi arabia tie before coming into the world cup same thing with japan and those results look a little bit better now uh frankly because we've seen what japan did to germany we saw what saudi arabia did to argentina nothing pretty in the saudi arabia side but they grinded out a result like that's that's impressive and they took down a favorite uh, so Argentina's got an uphill battle. I do not envy their situation. Same no. with Germany. They definitely deserve to win that game, and they should have won that game, but they didn't kill it. And Japan is a good side. We saw that firsthand a couple weeks or months back now, and they're going to cause some problems. And Japan has got to be riding on cloud nine following that. So it's the not... Argen- the Argentina game is at 4 a.m. I didn't watch any of it. I just woke yeah. up, so they lost. I watched the entire of the Japan-Germany game. Japan was just... I mean, they couldn't, Germany couldn't put them away. They had some chances, but Japan mm-hmm. just kept subbing in wingers. They and grew the ball forward. It was impressive. They grew into it. I'm excited. You cannot give a team like them that type of time and not put them away early because they made you pay for it. And they're a good team. They put, they created some great chances. So yeah. kudos to them. Other teams haven't really come forward and claimed their spots either. France did. Uh, obviously England did, but you know, you saw teams like Denmark and Croatia fail to live up to their expectations in the first matches as well. So and this is going to be crazy. As we're recording right now, Spain's up 3-0. They're yeah. looking solid, which is not not surprising. You know, a lot of historic historically Spain has been great, but wasn't anyone's favorite, but they are looking no. good. But let's let's get into us. Yes, yes. We are recovering. Uh, I hope it's everything's out of their mindset now, but we are it's out of my mind that you know we're we're over the Wales game now. Uh England is riding high into this fixture as well. Obviously, we, I think we covered them a little bit in maybe one of our episodes, but England just demolished uh, Iran. But that's not to say that the whole game was just lopsided and they were just wave after wave. They did look really good, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but a 6-2 walloping is really a tale of a couple different stories that happened. In the beginning, a little bit more cagey. Iran is a defensive, stout team uh, with some attacking pieces that can really create some chances. Ergo, their two goals they grabbed uh, later on in the second half. So, but England proved in, in that that they're not invulnerable. They definitely have some defenses, defensive lapses that we can take advantage of. We just have to be lethal in those chances because we're not going to get a hell of a lot of them. Uh, but, I I mean, they've got to be feeling pretty stoked about that. I know Gareth Southgate, their coach, was not very happy about conceding those two goals. But a plus-four goal differential, they're feeling optimistic. Extremely. I mean, if, and we already talked about the tiebreaker, if it would even come down to that. We have a lot to play still, but they've scored they're plus four and they've scored six, which is the second tiebreaker after goal differential. So um, I saw that you put a stat in here that there was a 0.4% chance that they scored six goals from those shots. 
yep. in their attack. So they were extremely effective. And kind of, I, I will say a part of that, Jake, is that Iran lost their goalie in the 20th minute, I want to say. And he has been known on Twitter as uh, the Josh Allen of soccer. He has the <laughs> longest soccer throw of 66 yards in the air. So losing him early was tough. They didn't have a goal on him. They put six away on seven shots um, on the backup. So yeah. definitely a tale of two different games, almost like you'd say. And then what's going to kind of hurt us a little bit and help them was that they were able to sub some guys off. England was after going up 4-0, they subbed off McGuire, Sterling, Saka, Mount, Kane, all within six minutes between the 70th and 76 minutes. So those guys are going to be a good 30 minutes rested more than the rest of our guys. So right. that's going to be a little bit tougher for us as well. The only thing I'll just a last thing I'll note there is that there could be some injury concerns on the Kane front. I think he was cleared and I think he will start tomorrow. I'm sorry, not tomorrow on Friday against us. Unfortunately, Maguire, Harry Maguire may not. And I honestly, I would like to have him start because I know he's very error prone, but he seems to be great for the national team. Uh, yep. Just so quick, some quick notes on England before we already talked about the U S obviously a disappointing result, but on paper, okay. Uh, to get a point against Wales, I think just the way it happened was disappointing. Uh, and the players were, you know, notably frustrated as well with the results. So I, I hope that they come into this, you know, just really, really moving past that, but wanting to set a, a good foot forward and, and come out and really believe that they can get a result here. Uh, and that's stats. the thing, stats, I was about to say with that, some of the stats is that we subbed four of our guys off between the 66th and 75th. So England did the same thing. Problem was we were not winning by four. Our guys just didn't have the legs. <laughs> So I've, a couple of my friends that do not know soccer or know soccer have asked me, like, what the hell happened? How can our guys not be ready to play a 90-minute game? I think we'll kind of get into the lineups um, a little bit later on. But looking at the stats, we had six shots with only one on goal being Wea's goal, 59% possession, 15,004 yellows. Those yellows we've talked about, that's going to hurt. Looking at England, 13 shots, seven on goal, putting six of those away, five different goal scorers, which is impressive. 78% possession and only 9,000 zero yellow. So they're looking good from a, a lineup and not having to really worry about losing guys going forward from the yellow uh, accumulation as of right now. And from a head to head perspective, we do have some history with this team. We have actually quite a nice history with this team, especially in the World Cup. Generally, we I think overall, we've got two wins, eight losses, one tie when we played them in any competition, anytime. But when you look at the World Cup, it's a different story. We've got one win, the famous 1950 World Cup, St. Louis and led U.S. men's national team uh, defeating them. We talked about that on the pod before, but probably the biggest win ever for our national team to defeat them. And then the famous tie in 2010 uh, in that World Cup when their goalie uh, let one slip through the fingers and go into the net. And, I mean, obviously just handed us a lifeline to get that. I don't, I remember that game. We were absolutely dominated. So what a gracious, gracious gift. Uh, I believe his name was – was it Rob Green? Rob, Rob Green. Green. Yes. That's the, uh, that's the gift that I put up on our story right now when we were asking Unreal. questions. It was Unreal. shocking. So we kind of have their number a little bit in the World Cup, and I hope that continues, and we will need it to continue because this matchup is going to be so, so different from what we just experienced with Wales. It's it's a completely different team. And then we already talked about how we expected Wales to sit in and us to have the majority of possession. I think this is going to be a flip-flop. I think England's going to have the majority of the possession. 
we're going to be defending a lot. We're going to be the ones trying to do some countering. We're not going to be the ones passing it around and having the majority of possession in the other side of their half. So it's going to be a very different game. So I don't, it's going to be a different playing style. So everyone that watched the first game do not expect to see anything similar to, the, to what you saw in the Wales game. No, they're a team that likes to get up, get on the front foot, possess the ball, create chances and make you pay. And then historically in tournaments that with a lot of significance like this, they park the bus, they get the result they need, like they get the goals and they get out. They're not going to let you score from there. Um, so kind of a little bit Wales ish in that approach uh, for us, it's going to take a totally different thing. You know, we're, we're, we kind of have two options here and I, I, I don't know what I prefer at this point. We have the result oriented option where we just take the pressure. They're going to come in wave after wave for us and we absorb it. We try to relieve it where we can. And we look to counter on making pressing a big thing for us where we can, you know, on loose balls on heavy touches from England players. Uh, we look and be quick and precise with our passes and we have to score our opportunities. We have to put them away. This is not a game where you, those are going to be guaranteed to come back again. Uh, so that's going to be crucial, crucial for us. And the alternative is we go out and we play free. We play our style and we go toe to toe. We It's a boxing match and we take turns going at each other. I don't see that happening, uh, frankly. And I hope that if we do that, we, we still maintain you know defense and, and coverage because we could get countered on just as easily as we can counter them. So those are kind of the thoughts I have going into it. But it's just going to be a totally different game. For the for the eye, so different. Regardless of what we think our playing side will be, we are going to have to take on so many waves of offense from them, like I said, with them having five different guys score their six goals. Right. I could hope, and we talked about this, Paul six uh, free kicks were not great in the last game. Oh. Maybe we can score a set-piece goal. Get one of those ones. I mean, we'll get a PK off of us. Can we get something similar? Maybe not a PK, but something outside of the box. One of those free kicks. We have plenty of guys that can take them, so. It will be interesting. I think that's probably how we're going to get our goal, unless it's a counter. I don't think we're going to get it through run of yeah. play and passing through them. But, right, Jake, let's get into the uh, starting 11s. Starting 11s. All right. We're going to, for the visual people that are watching on screen, we are going to flip this over to a lovely, lovely Excel. Who doesn't love that? Uh, and look at what we have from a starting 11 perspective. But we'll voice it over as well. So, for me, this is what I have in terms of what I think Greg is going to roll out as the starting 11 come game time. Uh, Turner, definitely going to start in goal. No, Justin, any anything against that? We're going to turn. Same yeah. with the back four. Back line, I think it's going to remain the same with Robinson, Ream, Zimmerman, and Dust. I don't think, despite Zimmerman's mistake, I don't think it's enough to unseat him. Um, I also wouldn't be shocked if Greg might feel like it's enough or he might want a more athletic presence because Ream and Zimmerman are kind of similar in athleticism in uh, England's a lot more athletic than Wales was. So I, the only other alternative I can see in the back line is on the right side. And that could be Zimmerman being swapped out for like a Carter Vickers. I don't think that's going to happen, but he's more athletic than Zimmerman is. And we're going to be, they're going to be playing it behind us a lot more now. And then Dest, I don't know how his health is or if any issues came there, but I assume he will start. He's also a bit of a vulnerability, though, in, in terms of defense, and he'll be doing a lot more defending than he was against Wales. Um, so that's why I have an alternative there, and that and that would be Scally for me if you want to be more traditional in approach for defensive. I think that's – I'm still going to keep the starting four. Yeah. And I, I know that Ream and Dest are on yellows. I trust Ream's yeah. knowledge and better – like being a veteran and knowing that he can't pick up another one here, otherwise he's out for the Iran game. Yeah. Dest kind of the same way. I think he can play smart – 
but I, we need him to be able to get up and down the field with our right winger. And I'll let you kind of move into our midfield and into our yeah. forwards as well. So I do think for me, it's a guarantee that the midfield three are going to change from how they started against Wales. Uh, I, I, Obviously, some injury concerns we saw with both Musa and McKenney. Adams went the full game, played his heart out. He will do the same thing against England. He is the only guarantee that I see in the in the midfield three. Here's who I think Greg will roll out. I, I do, I do love Weston McKenney. I think his health is just a concern for me. I don't think he looked up to it last game, and I think he is a great, great player. Just we need all of him in this game. We need all of everyone in this game, and I don't think he has that to give at this point physically. Uh, so that's why I have Musa here. Obviously, that's that's barring any other injury concerns that surfaced during that. I know he kind of had some cramping as well. He's going to be elect. He's going to need to be huge for us this game, especially in connecting defense to offense. That transition point, uh, he's going to need to be able to relieve pressure, dribble out of out of tight uh, pressing from from English players, and and release you know an Aronson, a Pulisic, a Sergeant, whoever's going to start up top uh, to to start the offense. So, and then finally, you see Reina. Reyna, we talked about our X factor. He was the mystery man. Why didn't he come in last game? Obviously, health was a concern for him. I think he had some cramping or some uh, picked up a knock in, in training. And I know he's coming back from injury, so they're being very, very careful uh, with him. But I think Reyna will start probably at the top of that midfield trio to offer much more offensive threat going forward. I'll agree with you on those three. I would possibly still put McKenney in just because I know he's on a yellow, maybe put him in the first half. And then if we need a spark plug a little bit more in the second half, which I think we will need, then you can put Moose in, let him fly around a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, but yeah, I would otherwise, yeah, I agree with those three. Definitely with Reyna. I think Reyna needs to start and he's going to be exciting. Yep. Up top, this is the most up for change for me. Pulisic is the only person that I don't think will change for sure. Uh, he's going to start in the left wing. He's going to start. He, he was instrumental in creating that goal. You know, it wasn't in a, an amazing game from him. It was a tough game. Uh, he got hit a lot. He got fouled so many times. It's frustrating. That won't change. He's going to have that every single game he plays here. Um, and then striker and right wing. I don't think personally Josh Sargent played himself out of a position because of what that Wales game looked like. I think he was huge in the goal. Other times he was kind of lost, you know, couldn't hold the ball sometimes. I personally think that Greg does go back to him. I, I know that it's a little bit of a different game, obviously, that we've talked about, but I think he will go back to Josh. I don't think he will give Josh too much leash. If he's not seeing what he needs to see out of him, you've got a guy like Haji Wright on the bench that you throw in there, gives a totally different look to your offensive front line. So I could see that happening as well. On the right, nothing against Tim Weah. Obviously, he scored the goal. Incredible. This game, to me, a guy like Aronson is suited for. He is tenacious. He never tires. He presses, and he plays in England right now against all of these players. Every single player on England plays in the Premier League but one. And he plays against these guys day in, day out. I think he is, if you want experience and someone that's used to the situation, he, to me, becomes that, that winger for us on the right side. I have some different takes it's, this one's a hot one a little bit. I yeah. think I would start Haji up top. Okay. And it's not for his goal scoring ability. I think it's his size, and I think it would help relieve some pressure that we're going to be getting from England. Josh, like you said, did well to hold the ball up for the goal. Otherwise, he didn't really hold the ball up much at all. And I'm a big St. Louis guy. I love Josh, but I think we need Haji right. He's 6'4", 174. And I know Jesus Freya is kind of another option you could possibly have. He's 5'8", 150 pounds. That's not what we need in this game. We're not going to be going – we'll have Aronson. We'll have Wea to get him behind mm -hmm. as well. I think you start Haji Wright, try to get him to hold it up, 
And I think you keep him on a short leash because then you can put Sargent or Ferrer in there. Right wing, I'm still going with Waya to start. I want him to come at it. And I loved Aronson coming off the bench just because the amount of energy that he brought in. Maybe he comes in sooner than what he did in this past game to have a little bit more um, effect on the game. But I think I would go with Haji and Waya. But like you said, there's a lot of moving parts. I'm excited to see what Greg's going to roll out. I'm too. I'm too. And like, like I said, this is my best guess. Could be totally different. Greg is a guy that he has shocked us before. Would not be shocked here. And I don't think any of these personnel decisions, frankly, make a huge difference on the game. I, I think we, a lot of these guys are a similar caliber of player. It's just going to take stringing together the right passes and putting together the right chemistry to make something happen against a really good side in England. So that's the the big roster decisions we have ahead of us. Uh, what do we have next year, Justin? We're going to talk a little bit about um, expectation setting. Uh, you're going to walk into Thanksgiving dinner on or, or lunch or whatever time you eat Thanksgiving tomorrow, and and people are going to talk World Cup probably a little bit, unless they're not, which I hope they are. But And you should bring it up if they're not. And they're going to say, oh, you know, U.S., England, like we're such a big country. We are so good at sports. This should be a win for us. We should compete in this game. This should be a, a, a very competitive game. I'm here to tell you that despite everything that we say, we're optimistic. I love the men's national team. I think we're capable of a result here. This is not something that we're expected to get a result from. I mean, look at the books. England is minus 170 to win this game. We are plus 475. Man, if you have a good feeling about the U.S. in this game, hammer that money line because there is some value. There is some money to be made out there. But just going into why, I mean, we talk about what, and I'll, I'll tee up for this, Justin, but depth. England's team is so deep most of their second guys that don't play that are just kind of there for depth would be some of the best players on our team they play in the best league in the world in the premier league and we would kill to have a lot of that talent for sure i we, we, we're gonna get there i'm not we're gonna get there just it's not right now greg is also kind of a wild card to me i think he can be a little bit sporadic in how he approaches games i i know that he came in here wanting to change how the world views american soccer and this to me is his capstone. If you want to show the world that we are different and we're better than we were four years ago, when we failed to qualify for the world cup. There is no better stage and no better game than to show that than in this world cup. And I think he might let them go out and play a little bit more freely because of that. Cause this is his chance to show that. So that's some of like what I'm kind of picking up on as we're heading into this, because there's a lot of context to consider in this matchup. I couldn't agree more. I don't think there's really much else for us to touch there. This is a tough game. I know everybody's excited for the U.S. It's going to be the biggest game all time for us, and I'm extremely extremely excited to watch. I'm very optimistic. I will not be putting my hard-earned money on the U.S. money line because I already have money on them to get out of the group. A safer <laughs> bet, if you want to do a draw, no bet, you can bet the U.S. at plus 340. That means if the U.S. Ties the or if the game is a tie, you get your money back. If they win, you're plus three forty. So I think that's a little bit safer. This is straight up money line. Um, that's probably where I would go. But we'll talk. We'll get some bets out there as well. But otherwise, expectations cautiously optimistic. Yep. Fair, fair. Justin, do we do listener questions before we get into uh, uh, predictions? I think some yes. of it might tie back into there. Yeah. So let's do yeah, that. Absolutely. So we got awesome. some some yeah. graciously submitted listener questions. Did you want to start us off, Justin, with Quick. a couple of these? Yeah, we won't use last names, but uh, one of our boys that we are friends with, Mike, said, favorite moment in a U.S. game in World Cup group stage. What do you have? 
it's got to be the 2010 Algeria game for me um, with Landon Donovan. The call in that game was incredible as well. Go look it up if you haven't. Just 2010 Algeria U.S. men's national team. Donovan scored a goal, sent us through. It was absolutely electric. Things were looking bleak before that. And that was just one of my favorite memories because I remember watching that. I was at like a club soccer tournament in a hotel room watching with a bunch of players. And it was just an awesome, awesome time to see us jump into the knockout stages. Yeah, that is by far my favorite as well. Um, a funny one is what we already talked about when uh, Rob Green let the goal in in 2010 as well. I think, yep. yeah, but I will say also uh, my new favorite will be Friday and we went two to one. So, yep, I like that. I like that. Space for new memories. How about Geo? Geo was a question we got from um, the Lou Boys podcast. So, shout out to Lou Boys. How much Geo are we going to see? Obviously, you looked at our starting 11. I think we're going to see a lot of Geo. I think he was in a way spared from Wales because he was on a feature so prominently in this game. So I think we're going to see a lot of him in a very competitive go for him. It's going to be tough. Obviously he hasn't had too much match fitness ahead of recovering from injury and joining us here, but I think this could be a, a great time for him to just show his capabilities because he's touted as being one of the next big things, especially in American soccer. So I think a lot of geo Sergeant, I don't know. Obviously Justin and I had some differences in our takes there. I, 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 I don't know what's going to happen with Sargent. I don't think he played himself out. But I don't think he played himself really cementing that position either. I think he'll factor in the game. Regardless of starting or coming off the bench, he'll be in the game, I think. And then final score, we'll get to that. Well, we will get to that. I, I'll agree with you on that. I think Gio, we talked about X-Factors. I think he's our X-Factor in this game. Just because you're, we're unsure on injury, we're unsure. We think we'll start. I think he should start and then just kind of what is he going to bring to the game? We haven't seen a healthy Geo in a while. So he is definitely our X factor. I hope Sergeant starts and plays. I just don't know if he will, but we'll see. We got a question from Adam around some connections between some of the, the members of both teams on the U.S. and England. And, and actually, there's a lot. Um, and just to mention a couple, Polisic playing against his current teammates at Chelsea and Mason Mount, Raheem Sterling and Connor Gallagher. Uh, Mason Mountain Sterling really are guys that are ahead of him on the depth chart. So a lot to prove there. That's probably a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Matt Turner starting uh, for the U.S. And his teammate uh, from Arsenal, uh, Aaron Ramsdale, is actually the starter at Arsenal. And Turner is the the second in command behind him. Uh, Bukayo Saka also plays uh, Arsenal and Ben White. So they're all teammates with Matt Turner. Uh, on the German side, Reina uh, plays with Jude Bellingham, who is like, another one of those guys that just probably going to be a superstar kind of already is. And he plays a focal point in their uh, attack and defense right now for England. So he plays with Jude Bellingham in Germany. The only German, the only player that does not play the Premier League for Germany uh, is Jude. And then finally, not that they play with them currently, but Reem and Robinson are guys that play together at Fulham, which is awesome because they maintain that dynamic here for us, but they play against every one of these players besides Jude Bellingham every single weekend, week out for the Premier League. So I'm sure they know these guys. They also know how they play and they know the style. So that makes me happy because we have at least one half of our back four that is just used to playing against these people. Yeah, I agree. I think moving on to the next one, we got a question from Jeff, and I think it's a great one after watching this game and very relevant now is can the U.S. or how can the U.S. learn um, how Japan just beat Germany? And I will say, we kind of talked about that. It's going to be, it might be a problem. I would hope it's a very similar game in the sense that there will be waves of attack from England. Germany had 24 shots with nine of them being on goal. And they only scored one goal. I could see that being very similar to us in this game. Yet, Japan had 12 shots with four on goal. I don't think we're going to have 12 total shots, but four on goal, hopefully. 
and they put two away of those four on Neuer. So if we can do the same thing, I think that'll be just taking that pressure, releasing on the edges. And then also you can, if you watch that Japan game, they were throwing in subs and they were not throwing in defenders when they were down one, one or one Oh, they weren't even throwing in defenders when they tied it. They were throwing in attackers, throwing in wingers. That's when we can bring in Aronson or Wea, depending who doesn't start and bringing in Musa, right. if he doesn't start and Jesus Ferreira. And that's where I hope Greg kind of, if we go down, let's switch the mode and let's, let's go toe to toe with these guys. And, and just in that same fashion, we got another question around does does that upset and other world uh, world cup upsets that are happening around us help us and and help the mindset from um from scott a uh, an avid listener of ours uh yes i you know these players are taking note of what's going on you you see a world superpower in argentina losing to saudi arabia who we just played and we tied and it was an ugly game so if i'm them and, and i know that they're thinking this anything's possible there, there there is nothing that is outside the realm of expect outside the realm of reality here there are crazy stories croatia made it to the final last world cup and they're a tiny country no one would have said that before and i'm not saying against them they're a good team but not in the world cup final so if i'm them and you and you know they're thinking this they know that anything's possible here and while it's maybe not the most likely they can get a result and they and they should go into that game thinking that uh what the last two we have are kind of around roster decisions. Justin, who's a spark plug for the U.S. Aronson Wea from Ryan, and who's in a how will we score against this strong England side from from Joey? I think uh, we've kind of talked about that. We flip flop on Aronson and Wea. I think Aronson will be a spark plug just like he was, and I think he should get in early, maybe halftime. You were thinking more Wea start Aronson, yeah. so I think either way, bringing those fresh legs on will help us tremendously against this team. And then how will we score against England side? Mentioned that a little bit earlier. I'm thinking through a stoppage, uh, either from a free kick, PK, something like that, or a blunder on the England back line where we get a counter and they're not prepared. I don't think it's going to be through the run of play. We're not going to be passing around in their half and pass through them. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. It's 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 it, and I will take any type of goal. It doesn't need to be pretty. I will take if that ball hits the back of the net. I'll be stoked. I mean that that's already against. We'll, and we'll get into our predictions here, but give give me a bullshit, good, give me a bullshit PK in the hundred and first minute because oh, all all these games are going uh, with please, ten plus minutes on stoppage time. I'll take please. it. Don't care. And they and they're they're vulnerable. Iran scored two goals against them. Not that Iran's a bad side either, but Iran and they made those two goals look pretty good. So like they have frailties. They're not this giant that, that's just never going to concede a goal. They're probably going to score a lot of goals, but they're not this defensively stout, like just masterclass of a team that's never going to allow any sort of chances. We will get chances in this game. So Jake, what is your prediction on this game? It, it really, it, it, it's such a hard thing to do to put this out there. I think that this game is going to play out. Like we're kind of talking about here where we, total flip-flop of what happened with Wales. We're going to be able to, we're going to have to sit back and just take wave after wave and look for chances to release the pressure and, and get outlets on the wings and, and, and look to counter where we can. I think we will get on the board against England. My concern is that I know they will also get on the board. And I think if I had to put money on this, I would say that England three us one I, I i am optimistic that we could do better than that 
But if I'm a betting man, I, I they're a really, really strong team. They're going to score multiple goals despite our defensive. We're going to be – we're not bad defensively either. We have great defense, actually, I would say. But it's just going to be a totally different challenge, and I hope that we're up to it. And I hope that I'm wrong. I really do. But that is what I think realistically happens in this game. I I agree with you on the on it on the fact of it being a Wales a flip flop of the Wales game. I would say I'll try to get a little bit more specific. I think that England will put one away somewhat early, not in the first ten, maybe not in the first twenty, but somewhere right before halftime. And then we're gonna have we're gonna have to make some decisions at halftime. Bring on some subs, super subs. Bring in Aronson, whoever. And then I think we're gonna grind it. I think we can get one back. Call it like the seventy fifth. I think it could be yeah. very very similar to this Germany. Germany Japan game honestly I know a couple of the guys have DM us about that and I think looking at that I know you said if you're a betting man Jake the over under in the game if you do over two and a half goals it's minus 120 so yeah, looking at like a 2-1 a 2-1 game yeah and then specifically if you go to the U.S. or England specific goals England over one and a half is minus 155 us over one and a half is is plus 310 so yeah I think we're gonna get one goal here it'll be a scrappy one it's not gonna be pretty but I'm going to go out and say we're going to tie this game. And then it'll really come down oh, to Tuesday. Giving us two love. points. Two points is huge. I think Iran can hang with Wales if they can somehow get a tie out of that. And then we're going into the last the last day with England only with four points. They would need to play for something to get through. We would have two and Wales would have two. And we're playing Iran while Wales is playing England. I feel safe. So one one and Iran. Keep in mind too, Iran Wales is happening at four a.m. on Black Friday, so well ahead of this game. Yep. So we'll know everyone will know the players will know what we kind of have to get out of that game a little bit. I I personally think I'm a big I'm gonna be a big Iran fan for that game, obviously. But I think Iran can beat Wales. They did not look good against England. They're gonna want to come back. Ideally, we're looking for one one. That is what we want. We or zero zero. We want a tie. We don't want anyone to come home with those points because that doesn't help us. But that's that's the hope. The last thing I'll say on predictions is that this will be the most widely viewed U.S. men's national team game ever in America, ever. Uh, the record right now is from the U.S.-Portugal game in 2014 that drew 25.5 million viewers. And I think we should absolutely stomp that record. It's Black Friday. No one's doing anything. If you're working, I'm sorry. But no, not most people are doing anything. And you have no excuse. Tune into the game. Support your country. Tune, tune into Fox at 1 p.m. Central. It's going to be insane. Insane. All right, Jake, let's wrap this up. Give them uh, some hopefully exciting news that we have. We do have boots in the ground for our, our fellow watchers out here. Uh, uh, not recurring yet, but soon to be recurring um, interviews. Jim Cavanaugh and Tom Strunk, both uh, owners of the St. Louis City SC, uh, we are going to be able to touch base with them while they're in, over in uh, Qatar. And that is probably going to happen after the England-US game, which they will actually be in attendance for. Um, so we're going to get a, a real perspective from them as to how that game went and just check in on how Qatar's been overall. Uh, so that will be coming out in between probably the, uh, the England-US game and the US-Iran game. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and finally... Still sponsored by by Series Six Black Friday coming up here. Shopping is at its peak right now, and Series Six has a ton of STL centric gear. If you love your city, buy Series Six gear. It's a local brand. Sammy Maurer we had on the show. 
She's running an incredible shop over there. We have tons of gear to our names already, and we're giving some gear away for the World Cup uh, bracket. If you didn't enter, um, you're missing out because Series 6 is an awesome, awesome shop. Yep. I would say get out Series 6. They've got some deals going on for Black Friday. You can always use our code as well. Ball watching, all caps. Put it in promo code. You can do it when you're in the store. If not, they also have some deals going on themselves. So get out there and shop, buy stuff for your great Aunt Tammy. Anything you want. Talk about it. Talk yes. about it. Yes. Talk about it at your Thanksgiving. Um, otherwise, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BallWatchingSDL. Um, reach out to us. We appreciate all the questions that we got in a short time right before we recorded this. So um, happy to interact with you guys. And a lot of family time coming up. Share this with your family. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on Apple and Spotify. It'll be on Amazon Podcasts as well. We want the most fans we can behind this game. We want everyone tuned in with the, the heart pumping and beating for your national team here. So share this around, like it, comment it, DM us your thoughts. Like we want this to be as big as possible to have as many people tuned in come Black Friday for this game and cheer the boys on. Uh, so go USA. I'm stoked. I'm probably going to sprinkle it with the money line because I just have to, and I just want to be a part of that if that happens, but uh, it's going to be insane and, and glad we could kind of cover this all for you. But there you go. 30 minutes. All you need to know about the U.S. England matchup coming up on Black Friday. Everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. We are thankful for you all. And uh, we will hear and talk to you again here soon following this game, which is hopefully going to be an exciting. Let's go USA. Thanks all.